Today's Bible reading is from Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 20. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word, concerning what had been told them about this child and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them but Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen which were just as they had been told this is the word of the Lord good morning Let's pray. Loving Lord, living Lord, speak to us through your word today. God's glory comes to us in unexpected ways, unexpected people and in unexpected places. And in the Bible, God's glory is revealed in four different ways particular ways. God's glory is revealed in God's character, in God's presence, in Jesus and in Jesus' followers. That's you and me. First of all, God's glory is revealed in his character. Where's it revealed? Let's hear it. Let's hear it again. God's glory is revealed in his character. One day in the year 740 BC, that was the year that King Uzziah died. And the prophet Isaiah went to the temple to worship. But this day was different and unexpected. The record tells us that he saw the Lord high and lifted up and he was sitting on his throne and his robe filled the whole temple. Angelic creatures were flying around him and they were calling out to each other, Holy, 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 the Lord Almighty is holy. The whole earth is full of his glory. They got the message across. Three times they emphasised that God was holy, supremely, completely, absolutely holy. 
And that's what God's glory is all about. His moral splendour. His divine nature. His perfect character. It's about his greatness, his power, his honour and his authority. It's all about his awesome, immeasurable, unconditional love. That's God's character. God's glory is revealed in his character. God's glory is revealed in his visible presence. Where is God's glory revealed? That's a bit better. Say it again. In his visible presence. At times God chooses to reveal his goodness and his greatness and his power and his honour and splendour to humans in a visible way. Such a display of God's presence is often seen as fire or dazzling light but sometimes in an act of power. The breathtaking beauty of creation. A sunset or a sunrise. The power of an electrical storm. The lightning. One bolt of lightning could probably power Wangaratta for a year. When it comes to lightning, with an axe, I'm like lightning. I never hit the same place twice. Some examples of God's glorious presence in the Old Testament are the pillar of cloud and fire. Remember the wilderness wanderings and the cloud provided cover by day and the fire provided light by night in their wanderings. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai after he'd been with God, he had to put a veil over his face so that the Israelites couldn't see the radiance of God's glory fading from Moses' face. And then especially his glory in the tabernacle and in the uh, temple. In 1 Kings chapter 8, there's two verses, 10 and 11. As the priests were leaving the temple, it was suddenly filled with a cloud shining with the dazzling light of God's presence. And they could not go back in to perform their duties. The Jews call it the Shekinah glory of God and it filled the temple. God's glory is revealed in his presence. God's glory is also revealed in Jesus. Let's hear it. Instead of saying, look what the world's come to, we should be saying, look what has come to the world. And at Christmas time, we remember the coming of Jesus into the world. In the New Testament, the glory of God is revealed in Jesus. And I guess as we think of that, our thoughts immediately turn to the Mount of Transfiguration. And Jesus goes up to the mountain to pray with Peter and James and John. And while they're there, Jesus is joined by Isaiah and Moses and he's transfigured by the glorious splendour of God. God's glory revealed in Jesus. But we need to go back further than that 
we need to go right back to the beginning, to Jesus' birth. The great, awesome creator of the universe infuses his spirit, his life into a young woman who is a virgin. We have a dirty, drafty, smelly stable. Not at all like this here because when you move the cows had been there or maybe the sheep and it was all over your boots. It was dirty, it was smelly. It was drafty. There was a wooden feed trough like that filmed with straw and into this feed trough the young woman laid her first child. Now just think about it for a moment. The glory of God in human form. The glory of God in human form. Meanwhile there were drovers camped out in the neighbourhood and they'd set night watchers to watch over their sheep. And suddenly, unexpectedly, God's angel came among them and God's glory blazed around them and they were terrified, they were scared stiff. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. I'm here to announce a great and joyful event that is meant for everybody worldwide. A saviour has been born for you today in David's town. A saviour who is Messiah and Lord. And this is what you have to look for. A baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. The glory of God. But then to top it off, the angel was joined by an enormous, huge, angelic choir singing God's praises. Glory to God in the highest heaven. Peace on earth to men and women with who, who please him. And the drovers talked it over. Let's get to town as fast as we can and see this for ourselves. They dashed off and they found Mary and Joseph and a babe lying in a manger. Seeing was believing. They told everyone they met what the angels had said about this child and they returned glorifying God and praising him for all the things they'd seen and heard. They saw God's glory. It had surrounded them. They heard the great message of God's glory to God in the highest. And as they returned... They praised and proclaimed God's glory. God's glory revealed in Jesus in human form in a defenceless baby. Sometime later the visitors from the east confirmed this by their gifts. Gold fit for a king. Frankincense to indicate his priestly role and myrrh to signify his death as a saviour. God's glory was revealed in the cradle but we can't separate the cradle from the cross because God's glory was also revealed in the cross of Jesus. Nailed 
to the cross with the figure of a naked man. His body was battered and bruised and bleeding. There's absolutely nothing whatsoever appealing about him. And yet the thief on the cross to him says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. God's glory was recognised and proclaimed by a common criminal. And then the last person on earth you would expect, a Roman centurion says, truly, this man was the Son of God. God's glory was revealed in Jesus, in the cradle and on the cross. On the night when he was betrayed and he'd left the upper room with his disciples, Jesus prayed for himself, for his disciples and for the world. In John chapter 17 he prayed, Father glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. I've shown your glory on earth. I've finished the work you gave me to do. I've revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. I've given them the glory that you gave me. May they be one as we are one. God's glory is revealed in the followers of Jesus. God's glory is revealed in you. Now when you say that, look at one another. God's glory is revealed in you. Look around you. God's glory is revealed in you. Claudius Ptolemy lived during the Roman Empire and he believed that the earth was the centre of the universe and for a thousand years his idea provided the basis for astronomy. Then along came Nicholas Copernicus who, on the other hand, presented an exciting new view of the universe and he placed the sun at the centre of our solar system. As you can imagine, Ptolemy's calculations required constant adjustment because his reference point was wrong and things were not in the right perspective because it's the sun that is the centre of our solar system and not the earth. Not a lot has changed since the time of Ptolemy. Many people own iPhones, iPods, iPads and although they create a network, they provide a more accessible us. Today, there's a great emphasis on me. We are in Bacchus Marsh last week and there's a shop in Bacchus Marsh with a sign, You Want, You Have. And you know, that's really the attitude of so many in our world today. A young girl was asked, did you get everything you wanted for Christmas? And she replied, no, but then it's not my birthday, is it? God's glory reminds us that that life does not revolve around us. The moment hassles and trials and heartache and pain come, we immediately focus on us. 
that we're not the centre of the universe. Life doesn't revolve around us. Life is centred in God's Son, Jesus. And it's only when we place Jesus, the Son, at the centre of our lives and develop a relationship with him that everything else is put in the right perspective. Jesus now shares his divine glory with his followers, with you and me. The Apostle Paul reminds us that in their lives the followers of Jesus are being transformed into the glorious image of God. Listen to his words. All of us then who reflect God's glory are being transformed into his likeness with an ever increasing glory. And Paul goes on to say we have this treasure in earthen jars to show that the all-surpassing power, the transcendent power belongs to God and not to us we have that treasure that glory of God within us we already have glory that quality of God's character that emphasises his greatness his holiness and his love like the shepherds they saw God's glory it surrounded them and so with us we've been surrounded by God's glory in so many different ways. We're surrounded by God's glory in each one of us as we've gathered together today. They heard the message, glory to God in the highest. So have we. We've even sung about it this morning. And then they returned. And as they returned, they returned glorifying God, praising his name and sharing the message. Guess what? so must we let's glorify God in our thinking and in our attitudes in our speaking our loving actions our compassionate caring for others let us glorify God there are three things to keep in mind first of all look for the opportunities to glorify God around you be aware of the needs of others Two, seize the opportunity. Look for the opportunity, seize the opportunity and mould it into something that will bring value to others. And then act upon it with sensitivity that builds up and affirms the persons concerned as we share the message of Jesus in us. Robert Hudson Taylor was a, a great politician in America. His brother became a missionary. And in the Who's Who in America, it records Robert Hudson's Taylor, Taylor's name. Robert Hudson Taylor, politician, brother of James Hudson Taylor, missionary. And the secret of James Hudson Taylor's greatness is found in the words that he wrote. I used to ask God if he'd come and help me. And then I asked God if I might come and help him. And then I ended by asking God to do his own work through me. May God the glory be seen in us as we pray 
God, do your own 